0: Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.PurposeMCC.com. Listen, I'm amazed at, at how God moves and how God orchestrates services. How that He orchestrates even people talking, the words that they use, the songs that we sing. I've said this before, but I don't get together with anybody and, and discuss how the, the service needs to go, what order it needs to flow in, what needs to be said. We don't, we don't pre-plan that. So I know this morning that God, I know when we're in the channel. I know when we're in the stream of God's anointing. So I know we're there today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I want, I want you to, I want you while you're standing, if you will, get your Bible, your iPad or whatever you've got, and I want you to turn with me to the book of Hosea. of Hosea I want you to go to chapter 10 Hosea chapter 10 Hosea chapter 10 you say Pastor Hosea is not in my Bible if you go to the book of Daniel take a right, you'll run right into Hosea. Hosea chapter 10 in the Old Testament. Hosea is one of the minor prophets, but Hosea is different from all the others uh, in the exception or with uh, the exception of maybe Ezekiel. Hosea chapter 10 chapter ten. And I want you to look with me beginning at verse or uh, at verse 12, I'm going to just read one verse and then we're going to go back to the first chapter of Hosea. Not going to be long, I'm going to try to stay on task this morning because I know that God gave me this specific word today so I want to make sure that we get it out and we get it clearly uh, out to you. Hosea chapter 10, verse 12 says, Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time. Everybody say, for it is time. For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. How many of you know sowing and reaping goes hand in hand? Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till He comes and rains righteousness upon you. Father, we thank you today for the power of your word. Now, Lord, thank you that your word will find its place in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, if you will take, uh, yeah, you can go ahead and be seated, but take your Bible and go back to chapter 1, chapter 1, the book of Hosea, chapter 1. And I want us to look at verse 2. And in verse 2, the Lord is speaking to the prophet Hosea. Hosea is prophesying to the nation of Judah. When the Lord first spoke through Hosea, The Lord said to Hosea, Go, take to yourself a wife of whoredom, and have children of whoredom. For the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Deblame. Everybody say you can lay the blame on him. He took Gomer, the daughter of the blame, and she conceived and bore him a son. Now we're going to stop there. The name Hosea means salvation or deliverance. Hosea was called to prophesy in a time when the nation of Judah and Israel had walked away from God. They had backslidden. They had known God. They had been close to God, but, but because of things around them and because of, of uh, the pull of the world, they had backslidden, and they had lost their relationship with God. They were no longer intimate with God, and so God raised up, and that's what happens even in our nation today. God has has raised up prophets. He's raising up men, young men, young ladies, whoever will be the voice for him to call a nation that is backslidden back to repentance. And God, I believe this morning that I stand today in that place to call somebody back because I believe today that God has established this whole day just to get a message across to us that you have not gone too far to get away from the love of God. So I want to I I tell you a love story today. So God, God raised up Hosea. And God spoke to Hosea, and he said, I want you to go out and marry this woman, and her name was Gomer. He said, go out and marry her, but Gomer wasn't just a regular lady. She was a prostitute. She was a woman of whoredoms. And, and so she was one that, that uh, made her living standing on the street corner, in, a, in other words, if you don't understand what I'm talking about. She made her living standing on the street corner selling herself. And God said to Hosea, this man of God, this prophet of God, I want you to go marry her. I want you to marry one that is prostituting herself because you are living in a nation that has prostituted itself. So to, to bring it all down, God said, I want you to marry her She's a prostitute, but I'm going to use that as an example of what the nation has done to me. And so the Bible says that that, uh, Hosea went out and married this woman named Gomer. And, you know, God speaks in many different ways. What we don't recognize and realize many times is that God speaks to us when we're not even thinking about it. We don't recognize this morning that the Word of God is living and powerful and is sharper than a two-edged sword and God's Word is speaking to us even right now. I have the honor and the privilege of just simply being the mouthpiece of God because I get to declare the Word of God. And you might think, well, pastor, do you think you're holier than thou? No. You see, I uh, have always had the idea that God never let me speak something until I've lived it first. Never let me be one that will get up and tell somebody else how they ought to do it while I'm not doing it myself. So I I am very uh, intentional about the word that I speak. I don't want to ever be guilty of telling you something that I'm doing behind the scene in the opposite direction. And so sometimes God speaks and God declares, but but you know even in services like today where we we've, we've felt the anointing and and the Holy Spirit is moved and and I know I you know I I, I know I know. That, that if you were in this building today or if you're listening and watching on live stream and you're not saved, you've never been born again, I know that even right now that Holy Spirit is pricking your heart. And, and you're thinking in your mind, I can't wait to get out of here. I can't wait to get out of this place. As a matter of fact, I would leave right now, but the preacher is saying that. And I know that if I get up and walk out now, everybody's going to say, yep, there they go. Now, if you need to go to the restroom, you know, by all means go. Just hold your finger up like that, and, and we'll know that you're headed to the restroom. If you don't hold your finger up, though, we're going to think you're a sinner and you're running from the move of God. But God speaks. God God works in different ways. He moves through songs that we sing. He moves through even the introduction of our services. He moves. He moves through the voices of people that are are speaking and and declaring. And God is moving. And and that's how God speaks to us. He, he He might speak to you by somebody lifting their hands in worship. God speaks to us in many different ways and he's declaring, come to me because I love you. Come to me and give yourself to me because I died for you on the cross of Calvary. And it's that message that is going forth constantly and and, and, and so many times we get so accustomed. They were singing a while ago and, and, and Amber made the statement, God never let me get used to the move of your power. Never let me grow accustomed to your presence moving in my life. God, I always want to be surprised. I always want to be uh, uh, excited when I feel the presence of God. I'm afraid that many times uh, we, we have to be careful in services like this that we don't take the move of God for granted. But God is speaking and God is moving. But but the problem is that many times, uh, just like the nation of Judah with Hosea, God had moved and God had called and He had He had sent prophet after prophet to, to say, repent and turn back to me. Give yourself back to me. You've fallen away. You've backslidden on me. You've 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 grown cold and indifferent to my move. In other words, when when the song Amazing Grace is played in the choir, it no longer moves you. It doesn't do anything for you. But there was a time in your life when they started singing Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Tears would begin to roll down your face because you knew that you were a product of the grace and mercy of God. It used to be when they sang victory in Jesus, my Savior forever, you couldn't help but get up and lift your hands because you knew that God had brought you from a mighty long way and way down a back road that God brought you out and gave you victory. But for some reason now, when amazing grace is sung or victory in Jesus is sung, it's a chore for me to get up. Very seldom now do the tears of joy roll down my face when I begin to think about the goodness and the mercy of God. When I'm sitting there just driving down the road and all of a sudden I begin to think about what God has done in my life and what could have happened to me yesterday, but it did not happen because of the mercy of God. And I get overwhelmed and just begin to weep because of God's mercy. There is no more dangerous place for a child of God to get than they get in the place of where they forget about the mercy of God, and they forget about the God that loved them and gave himself for them on the cross of Calvary. And Hosea, God had raised him up, after other prophets, having spoken through them to turn, for the nation to turn and turn back to God, but nothing had seemed to have any effect on them. And they were still going in their own direction. And so God says this. And the book of Hosea is one of the most beautiful love stories that you'll ever read about. So God says this, I've tried talking, I've tried speaking, I've tried to get it across out of the mouths of my prophets about how much I love you and how much I care for you and that I'm calling you back to a place of repentance. I'm trying to get you to turn before you get to the place to where there's no turnaround. He said, so I'm going to try one more thing. I'm going to preach to you an illustrated sermon. And I'm going to use Hosea to illustrate to you about how much I love you. So therefore, he says, go and marry a woman out of harlotry. So, go, so Hosea goes and he marries this woman. She becomes the example that God is using to exemplify to his people, this is what you're doing to me. Hosea is the one that's illustrating the love that God has for his people by going to the very lowest place, the very lowest point, and marrying and, and bringing Gomer off the street into his house and she became his wife and she bore him three children. And we're not going to go into the meaning of all that. But, but Gomer became Hosea's wife and he loved her. And he held her close and he protected her. But the Bible says that, that after a while that Gomer uh, got complacent, she got tired of it and she went back to the street corner. She walked away from the love of a husband and went back to the street corner and once again went back to that old way of living. Selling herself and giving herself to anybody that was willing to pay the price. The Bible says that as that she did that, she was an example of what the, the nation of Israel was doing in relation to God. To make a long story short, there came a time, listen, uh, if, if, it were, if it were probably me, I would say, go ahead, go ahead and do your thing, go ahead and have your way. I'm out of here. I can do better. I can find better. I want to find somebody that's going to love me because of who I am. But Hosea didn't do that. God spoke to Hosea, and he said, Hosea, I want you to go down to the street corner, and there you'll find your wife. She sold herself. She's been used up. Go down there, Hosea, and he said, I want you to pay the price of 15 shekels to buy your wife back and bring her back to your house. So the Bible says that Hosea went down and he found his wife and he he bought her back. He paid the price and he brought her back into his house. You say, Pastor, what are you saying? God illustrated To the people of Israel, this is how much I love you. You've not gone too far that you can get away from my love. You've not done too bad that you can get away from my mercy. You've not gone too far that I won't pursue you. God said I'll follow you to the very lowest of the low slums. I'll follow you down on the street corner even when you're selling yourself and giving yourself away to everybody that comes along. God said I'll follow you there. Why? Because I love you with a love that is everlasting. I care about you more than you can ever imagine. You will never go too far for me to reach out and bring you home, and I want to get that across to you this morning, because I feel that there's somebody here this morning, and you've walked away from God, you've drifted away from the love of God, and you feel like perhaps that God has forgotten you, but can I tell you this, He hadn't forgot about you, He still loves you. He still cares about you. It doesn't matter what you've done. God is chasing you down. He's going to find you, and he will redeem you and bring you back. In Hosea chapter 2 and verse 14, Hosea prophesied, Therefore, behold, I will allure her, and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her and there i will give her her vineyards and make the valley of achor a door of hope listen there was a time when jesus in the book of luke chapter 13 stood on the mount of olives above the city of jerusalem he had done miracles signs and wonders throughout that city. He had preached and spoken throughout that city. He would even raised the dead and caused the blind to see in that city. But the Bible says in Luke chapter 13 that there was a day that Jesus stood on the side of a mountain and looked down over the city of Jerusalem and began to weep. And he wept over the city of Jerusalem and he said these words, He said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which I have sent to you, how often would I have loved to have taken you under my wing as a mother hen takes her little ones under her wings and given you the protection and loved you and protected you and kept you. He said, but you would not. I know this is a little bit different this morning. I know it's I know it's not the usual. But I can't help but think this morning that perhaps there's somebody here today that God is knocking on your heart. God's calling you back. And He's given you word after word after word. He's dealt with your spirit. He's dealt with your heart. And you said, not today. I'll do it later. Not right now. I'll do it later. You have even might have said, I'm not able. I'm not able to live the Christian life. I cannot live up to the standards of the church. Listen, can I tell you something this morning? That you will never be able to live up to the standards of a man. But you can live up to the standards that God has set before you all you've got to do is say Father into your hands I commit myself and God will redeem you you'll never be able to live up to the self-righteous traditions and religion that man has handed down You'll never be able to live up to the dictates of a church. You'll never be able to live up to the dictates of other people. So stop trying and recognize to abandon yourself to the love of a God that is pursuing you, that's chasing you down, that's running relentlessly after your life. No, you didn't deserve it. No, you'll never be able to deserve it. That's what makes it all the more special is that even while I was yet in my sin, Jesus came and died for me. While I was a sinner, while I was doing my own thing, He came and loved me enough that He redeemed my life from destruction. Listen, the other day, I don't even remember when it was, I was sitting and watching TV and I don't know, you might have seen this this show comes on. We like to watch the the uh the patrol thing. Cops. Yeah. We like to watch that. It's real, you know. It's real. Sorta, of. yeah. It's yeah. Makes me want to change career sometimes. I just nah. But we were watching, but there was, there was a show that comes on after that, and I think the name of it is Jail. Sister Janet watches it too. But it, the name of it is Jail, and, and it's, 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 it's a reality uh, uh, show that, that they, they uh, go to different jails, and this time they were in Las Vegas, at, at the jail in Las Vegas. And they were bringing all kinds of people in there, drunks, alcohol, uh, you know, drug addicts, people that uh, you know, just, just fights and stuff like that. And when I was just sitting there watching it, as you do all the time when you're watching TV, your mind is out of gear. It is not being used for anything productive. So I was sitting there and I was watching and my mind was out of gear. And they brought this elderly lady in, handcuffed. They brought her in. She was fussing and cussing. She didn't say too much because Judy would have turned it. She wouldn't let me watch it. But she she was mad and all that. But they brought this elderly lady in. And you could tell by looking at her that she had lived a rough life. And I thought when they brought her in, I said, well, she must be drunk or DUI or something like that. But they began to talk about her, and she was arrested for prostitution. And I'm talking about a lady that, was eat up with arthritis and and was just she was ugly. I'm I'm just saying, she was ugly. It takes too long to try to find the right word that 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 wouldn't wouldn't make nobody mad. She was just ugly, okay? She had had a rough life. But she was arrested for prostitution. And I was sitting there now with my mind out of gear. And when when they said what she was arrested for, the first thing in my mind was, Who would pay for that? I'm just serious. I'm I'm serious. All right. Y'all just bear with me. I know y'all thinking bad thoughts and all that. You just, you need to get your mind right. But that was the the thought that came across my mind. You can't control what comes across your mind. Just like some of y'all just had some bad thoughts about me. And you can't. You say, Pastor, where do you get this stuff from? On TV. But I said, that's what I said. And, and when that thought crossed my mind, Holy Spirit spoke directly to me. And he said this. I will pay the price. Mm. And I looked around and Judy was Judy was like that. So I knew it wasn't her talking to me, but I knew that God had spoke to me and he said, "I'll pay the price." He said, It doesn't matter how ugly, it doesn't matter how old, it doesn't matter how far down they are. God said, I will pay the price. He said, You look on the outside. And you see all the things that the world and sin has caused against the body. He said, but I look at the heart and I recognize that there's a heart there that is void of my presence. And he said, I will pay the price. God said, "I I will lure her, talking about, Gomer, he said, I will lure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. And I will give her her vineyards and make the valley of Achor a door of hope. The valley of Achor. You might remember the story of Achan in the book of Joshua. And how that Achan had sinned, hid the stuff in his tent. God judged him for it. And him and his family were stoned to death because of that sin. So it became the valley, the place where they were stoned to death became the valley of Achor. The valley of trouble is what it's translated. But the amazing thing about God is that God said, talking about a backslidden nation, He said, I will turn your valley of trouble into a door of hope. He said, I'll take the place where your trouble is the worst, and he said, I'll turn it around and make it a door of hope for you. He said, I'll come down to the pit where you are. I'll come down to the place where you're broken. I'll come down to the addiction that you're bound up with. I'll come down to the trouble that you're in, where you feel like you're hopeless and there's no way out. And God said, I'll turn it around and make it a door of hope for you. Why? Because that is the love and mercy of God. We see this story brought to light over in the book of Luke with the story of the prodigal son. How the prodigal son had walked away from his father, and the Bible says he had spent everything he had on riotous living. But he came to himself. Can I tell you something this morning? When he came to himself simply means when he realized that there was nowhere else to turn. When he realized that there was nobody else that could help. When he realized that all of his avenues had become dead ends. When he realized that man could not sustain him, and man could not redeem him. He came to himself. Listen, you can be in the lowest of the low places of your life, but if you come to yourself, there is not a demon of hell that can stop you from getting back to the Father. There is no... Listen... It doesn't matter what your addiction is. It doesn't matter what your mess is. There is not a, a mess big enough. There is not an addiction strong enough to hold somebody back that says I have come to myself and I realize that my drug can't help me. My bottle can't help me. My needle can't do me no good. My my friends can't help me. My, my uh, counselor can't help me. My psychiatrist can't do it. My bottle can't do it. My appeal won't do it i realize that i've come to a place in my life where i've got to have something greater and his name is jesus so i'm gonna get up and i'm gonna go back to the father from whom i left and i'm gonna say father i have sinned and been a a sinner come and redeem me and he'll do that amen the bible says a worship team you guys come The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, chapter 5 and verse 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. King James Version says it like this, but God commended his love to us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, I'm just getting to my, that was the introduction. I just called these guys up. But here's what the end result. That God spoke to Hosea. And he said, I want you to tell the people. I've already illustrated to them. I've, I've already given them an illustrated sermon about how much I love them, about how how far I'm willing to go just to redeem them and bring them back to me. He said, I've illustrated that. But now I want to give you a word. In in verse 12 of Hosea chapter 10. God said, sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness on you. So how do I get back? How do I come back to a place with God in right relationship? You've got to quit sowing to the wind and begin to sow in righteousness. You've got to realize that that what you do, your actions, your words, and your attitude, they're sowing seed. So quit sowing to the places that you've been sowing to. Sow in righteousness. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1.23 that you and I being born again not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible seed by the word of God which lives and abides forever. I want to real quickly tell you this this morning. If you're a born again Christian God has put His His Spirit, the Spirit of His Son lives on the inside of you. So that lets me know that the Spirit of Christ that lives on the inside of me is sinless. It is spotless. It is incorruptible. It is the Spirit of a living God that lives on the inside of me. But what I've got to realize is that The Bible says that we have this treasure inside of earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of us. So the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of me is the treasure inside of this earthen vessel. He is the pure, sinless, spotless Spirit of God that lives inside of this earthen vessel. What God wants us to see is that that's the guarantee that He's put inside of us that ensures us that we belong to Him. Sow to yourselves in righteousness and reap in mercy. And then He says this, and I'm closing. Break up your fallow ground. Break up your fallow ground. Fallow ground is ground that had been plowed once before. In other words, there was a time in your life that your heart was open to the seed of God's Word. It had been plowed before. But fallow ground defines ground that though it's been plowed before it's laid out dormant for a period of time and it's become crusted over and in order for it to be sown again it must be plowed again. When God said to break up your fallow ground, He was talking to a nation of people that once knew relationship with Him. They once knew the love of God and the mercy of God. But they had become dormant in their relationship. They had become cold and indifferent to the things of God. And the ground of their heart had crushed it over so that they no longer were moved by the things of God. They were no longer moved by amazing grace or victory in Jesus. Now was just religion. We come, we sit, we get up, we go home. So God said, I've illustrated to you that I'm still chasing you and that I'm not going to quit pursuing you. But if you want my presence, if you want me to come and do a work in your life, you've got to allow me to plow the ground of your heart. You've got to open your heart up that the seed that are being sown will find a place that's fertile and bring forth fruit. So this morning, I want to ask you the question today. Has the ground of your heart become hard? Are you passionate about Jesus? Or do you just come to church just for a meet and greet and get up and go home the same old mess? Are you still dealing with depression, frustration, frustration, No joy in your relationship? Can I tell you this morning, God is chasing you. God is pursuing you. He's not going to stop. He's not going to quit. He'll continue to pursue you until he gets you to the place where you're willing to say, yes, Lord.